Oh, uh, it's funny. I, I, I was, uh, we're doing this, too many Zoom calls now. <laughs> You're doing what? Too we're many? We're doing too many Zoom calls. Too many Zoom calls You know calls what the worst now. thing about Zoom calls is? Your mug. I see my face all day long. <laughs> that is no joke. But. Which is, well, I didn't realize that I had all these old <laughs> oh. lines. I didn't realize I was old. Notice like, my all, lack of. <laughs> Notice my lack of. Yeah, give it to you. <laughs> Oh no, I just had it fixed. <laughs> Gotta get that shit fixed. I'm Josh Sigmund and I'm a mortgage lender. I'm also a geek for money, not just earning it and saving it, but literally everything about it. I love that money has rules. It has its truths. I love investment strategies and I love making money work for us. For so many, money is emotional. For me, it's logical, like a puzzle. My passion is also helping others with their money. I love looking at people's finances, dissecting their puzzle, and rebuilding with strategy and purpose. And I'm really good at it. I'm making this podcast about my money strategies, not the things that are written in books or sold in programs. It's a podcast outlining the lessons I've learned and used for the past 15 years. These strategies help me and those who use them save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. Let me teach you how to build your net worth. You ready? Welcome to Sigmund Sense. All right, let's unfreeze the face. A E I O U. A E I O U. Okay. I'm so excited. Here we are. Are you still getting shit done? Getting shit done. Are round you? two. Yes. We're going to go round two, the continuation of how to get shit done. Welcome back to Sigmund Sense. Yes. Um, what day is the day? I don't know. Friday. I know what day it is. It's the last day of my daughter's youth. Tomorrow's my da- my oldest daughter turns thirteen, and I'm crying. Dun dun dun. My wife and I were on a, were on, were on a walk last night, and literally she just stopped and burst into tears. I was like, Wait you a second. should. So I got up this morning and I you made. You should uh, be crying. I made. I told uh, Aubrey. So last day as a kid, what do you want me to make you? So so she. Wanted pancakes and bacon and eggs and, and all the good With stuff. With a smiley and, face? Boop, boop. Of course, for kids. Yeah. Um, so yeah, here we are. Oh and gosh. we want to do the continuation. So hopefully uh, you are up to date. Uh, this is the second uh, part of a two-part series about how to get shit done. Um, and uh, hopefully you listen to the first one first because that's the whole point. And there was some homework behind it. Yeah. So, you know, the just as a reminder, if you just are tuning in for your first time, you know, first one is really to, uh, first step was to identify your goals, um, uh, to get things started. And two is, is some tips to set yourself up for success, whether it be some education or, um, uh, you know, listening to podcasts or YouTubes and things like that. So here we go on to step three through five, and I'm super excited about it because Thank it's you. just one of those things that, uh, you know, when, whenever you listen to this, you're probably, you know, a couple months after COVID started, uh, by the time you listen to this and, uh, people are starting to go back to work and cities are opening and states are opening and no political statements here whatsoever. It's just, uh, I find that a lot of people fell off the bandwagon of whatever their goals were for the yeah. year, right? Like it's it's interesting to me. I would love to do a national poll to find out how many people have actually are still on track for whatever their New Year's resolution was or, yeah. uh, or income goals, goals or, yeah. or savings goals or physical goals. You know, think about people like uh, Olympians, yeah, the Olympians. Uh, you know, they they had their Olympics move back all year. A whole uh, year. So hopefully they didn't just sit home and eat bonbons and and Cheetos. <laughs> bonbons. Uh, like bo- the- <laughs> yeah. Bo- what are you making fun of the old person? <laughs> no. <laughs> bonbon is our email distribution system. But bonbons oh, are. Oh, that's true. <laughs> are what you? That, that's possible. Pop when you're I could being. Be wrong. 
Um, well, they might be binge watching bomb bomb videos. <laughs> Especially if they're know. hours. You never know. <laughs> so um, the, the whole point is, is that one of the things that, that you and I have spoken about a lot with our business partners, with our, with our, with uh, my mortgage business, my mortgage company is um, reevaluating goals. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you, are you on track? Are you not on track? Do you need to change them? Do you need to um, increase them? There are some people that are crushing it. You know, I was listening to an awesome YouTube video about a week ago. And it was super inspirational. I say I shared it with a lot of people on my team. And the video was talking about how there's certain people that are leaving this COVID-19, you know, stay at home with a new language under their belt. Right. Uh, and some people have learned how to start playing a new instrument. And yeah. uh, and some people in business are actually doing really well. And, and you know, um, obviously, there's a lot of people that it's the opposite. There's a lot of people that got furloughed and, and a lot of people that lost their jobs, too. Um, the whole point is, is that you got dealt a, a new deck of cards. Yeah. Totally. And so you got to make some adjustments. So. Uh, we set, we set ourselves up for success was, uh, round two. And if your goals haven't been looked at, make sure you go back and relook at them now that you're coming out of COVID, um, uh, hopefully permanently. And I'm loving this. Um, I'm, I love that we taught this class so early on in the year because yep. I really feel like we have revisited this content in over our normal over. lives yep. over and over and over. And yep. so it's just really neat. And if anything, um, I want to just make sure that people know that it's that stutter steps are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, well, it's not just okay. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yep. It's going to happen. And it's just a matter of not letting it completely deflate you and getting right. back on track as fast as you can. So that way you truly don't lose yep. all of the forward progress that you made. Cause if you sit in that rut for too long, then you really are starting back from ground zero, which is hard to do. So, Getting back on track as quickly as possible is huge. Yeah, that actually um, reminds me of one of my favorite stories just because um, in coaching, I run across these a lot. I think this came from a book. I think it came from The Seven Decisions or maybe Take the Stairs, two of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a, the Buffalo story, Buffaloes versus the Cows. The Buffalo. The Buffalo. Bu- when KK was little, she, she, called she called them Buffaloes and she used to draw Buffaloes all the time. That's really funny. I don't know why it was her go-to doodle. You want me to draw you a Buffalo? No, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, though. I appreciate <laughs> so it. So cute. Tangent. Tangent. We're really on I back. digress. <laughs> so the, the story goes, and it's actually an interesting, I guess it's a fact in this case. So you go back 150 years and you think about the Great Plains Texas, Oklahoma, all the way up to North North Dakota, and uh, and you know you had buffalo ranging, and um, and then of course you have the introduction of of cattle as well, and so you'd have those big long cattle trails. And one of the things that's super interesting is that um, you know every once in a while there'd be a, a a northern would blow in, you know. So imagine you know bad bad cold front coming in over the Rocky Mountains, coming in, into the uh, the Great Plains. And what's really interesting is, is that when that happened, a whole lot of cattle would die, but not a whole lot of buffalo would die. And people that have studied it basically determined two things. You know, uh, what happens is when that, that cold weather com- comes in, cattle naturally turn away from it and they walk away from the storm. Well, by doing so, they are stuck in the storm longer, longer because if the, yeah. the storm is going from west to east and the cattle are walking from west to east, they just stay just in the state in the storm longer and they freaking die, <laughs> and they right? Die. Uh, on the flip side, for whatever reason, um, buffalo actually turn into the storm. Mm. So uh, because they turn the storm, we can all now picture the, you know, you've probably seen a painting or a picture at some point of a buffalo with that matted with the, yeah. snow on its face. And it's because buffalo turn into the storm turn and they naturally the walk towards the wind and thus it gets them out of the storm faster. 
And uh, and so the what I, where, where I think we are in our country right now, uh, when it comes to goals for business or personal, uh, I think a lot of people have been derailed mm-hmm. or are are still in the midst of the fight, right? They're still right. unemployed. They're still furloughed. They're still, um, you know, they were getting a good start in January on their budget. And then, of right. course, they had this weird thing dealt to them the last 90 days or so. And so the question is, are you being the cow or are you being the buffalo? Right? Are you dealing with it head on, or are you right. just kind of ignoring it? And my pastor Roy, he always tells me that we are either in a storm, we are coming out of the storm, or we're about to go into another storm. Right. So that goes back to what you said earlier, which is that you, there are going to be things that are going to be dealt. It, it, there's going to be obstacles along the way. Right. Just ex- accept those as obstacles and understand it's not a roadblock. It, uh, it is a road bump. Road and bump, just go yes. over the road bump and keep on moving. So yes. we want to move on to step three. Let's do. All right. So what I want to go in is step three now. So step three is a pretty straightforward one. It's recruiting accountability yeah. and support. Recru- recruiting accountability and support. So um, here's why I think this is super important. Uh, I, I believe in coaching personally for a lot of reasons, but the primary reason is accountability. Uh, one of the jokes I make all the time is for self-employed people uh, of any kind of small business owners or, or otherwise, um, you're, you're your own boss, right? Yeah. And if you Google like bad bosses or a percentage of good bosses or percentage of bad boss, what you'll find is that like nine out of 10 bosses suck, right? So if you're self-employed, guess what? There's a 90% chance that you suck that at being you your own boss. Not great. And so, you know, you think about that as kind of a, uh, uh, as kind of a thought process about why this is impo- so important to get things done. When you look back at, um, goals that you've fallen off of versus have it working at a company that actually follows checklists and has somebody that's micromanaging you. You might hate being micromanaged. I hate being micromanaged. Most people do. But when you're micromanaged, what always happens? Yeah, you get shit done. The job gets done, right? <laughs> Correct. Uh, so whatever that micromanaged job is, I mean, it's the same reason why, uh, you know, I'm not promoting McDonald's, but let's just be honest. The McDonald's tastes the exact same in, in San Antonio as it does in Florida as it does in right. Moscow. Yeah. It's because they're following checklists and there's some training that goes into it to make sure it actually gets done. Yeah. That's why fries taste the same here as over there. And so uh, I think it's super important. Um, I've had up to at one point five coaches at the same time, uh, one for business, one for money, one for uh, physicality, one for spirituality. And um, I think this is where you follow the um, wheel the, the wheel of life. Like we talked yep. about in the beginning of episode one, some general themes that we'll pull through on these topics. One of them is the wheel of life. And so there's seven areas mm-hmm. and just by happenstance, you had a coach in you know each. those areas. Yeah. Yeah. And the way that I look at it, it. Yeah. And the way that I look at it is I want, um, I want each one of those areas to become somewhat on autopilot so I can yep. check that box and know that what I'm doing there, like I've got my shit buttoned up yep. in that area. So yep. money as an example, we're budgeting regularly. We meet with you once a month. You know, we kind of, you know, we met yesterday and you know, it's at this point, it's stay the yep. course, don't screw it up. That to me deserves a check mark because I've got that piece. I've got a system. I'm in a routine that gets that right. piece handled. And so that's kind of what where my mind goes as far as, you know, how to get stuff done. How many check boxes can I put in each in each area of of the wheel? Right. Yep. Excuse, don't have to worry about it. But sorry. Yeah, so no, it's it's perfect because, you know, I don't know what the viewer or listener put down as their goals. You know, that's the not yeah. the point. Uh, what the coach's job is is to help somebody achieve that goal. It doesn't matter what the goal yeah. is. And so when you go into recruiting uh, that accountability and support, 
you know, I always first start with, you better make sure that you have the right coach or accountability partner. Mm -hmm. And quite often it's not your spouse. Just let's start like there. Like almost always. Right. Um, <laughs> Christy reminds me regularly that I'm not one of, that she's not one of my coaching students. So Do keep my opinions to myself, right? Do not coach me, right? Uh, this is good marital advice for the record. 100%. Like for sure, don't coach your spouse. Don't coach your spouse. Um, but I, what I would say is that you also have to make sure that whoever is helping you as an accountability partner actually has a vested interest and gives a shit uh, about you hitting your goals, right? Uh, because there's nothing worse than asking somebody for an accountability as an accountability mm -hmm. partner to help you and then they never check in, they never ask, or they don't hold you accountable, or they let you slide, right? Let you slide. They That's you, a right. thing. It's like, come on. So, you know, uh, the friend that is the yes person that always yeah. smiles, oh, it's okay. You'll get, you'll, you'll do better next week. That's yeah. not what you're looking for, right? You want Correct. somebody that's a ball buster that's going to crush you. Um, and it yeah. really is, uh, is important. So, uh, let's talk about this step here because when you're dealing with this, there's three or four methods that you can use, right? Like, one is, Find somebody else that's also has the same goal mm -hmm. because competition does motivate people, right? Absolutely. So if I want to lose 10 pounds and you want to lose 10 mm -hmm. pounds and we say, hey, you know, uh, let's do a 60-day challenge. We're both going to lose 10 pounds. At the end of it, whoever loses has to, whoever lo uh, loses the least amount of weight has to buy the other dinner. Yeah. And we get to go play together because we're friends anyways. Yeah. Um, and then we're constantly chitter-chattering, constantly going to the gym together, constantly. Yeah. Like and I think, you know, one thing that's really hard, we've talked about this before, is if you um, have a friend that you always go and drink wine mm -hmm. with, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm not going to drink for a month or whatever. Yeah. What happens with that friend, you know, as weird as it sounds? Yeah. Um, and that, and not just drinking wine, but it kind of happens, you know, across the board. So if you can recruit those people, then to do it with you, to do it with you, yep. um, one, it just makes it more fun, but two, now you have a common goal and that, you know, that while right. you're doing this, you're not going to be separated from, mm -hmm. from your group of core friends. Yep. So, um, second one would be, uh, finding a mentor type person. Uh, you know, parents serve that rule in some ways, uh, godparents do, um, there's just in life, there's some certain people that have their stuff together in the area that you're really pursuing. And so really literally going up to those people and just asking them for their help. Yeah. Uh, they might say no. And if they say no, that's okay. Don't not ask the next, next person. But uh, right now I'm dealing with a guy, uh, I will just say that he is the son of a very close friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And the son um, asked for my mentorship and he's had some struggles with... Uh, alcoholism and drug abuse and he's a great sales guy and he's at that age in life right now where he's really trying to get it together and I've been working with him since November I guess and you know he, he'll have a spat where he's doing well and then he kind of disappears but I care about the dad yeah enough that I care about him enough that I don't let him off the hook, so I'll just check in on him. And say, hey, where where the hell's you know the Good for you. you're supposed to send me this form? Where is it? Um, and then he went off the deep end, and, and this this gentleman, you know, he, he actually went to rehab, so good for him. And he oh, went, wow. he was gone for thirty days and couldn't get a hold of him. Well, there's a reason he was literally gone. Okay, yeah. And uh, first thing that happened when he came back about six weeks ago is, is he texted me and said, "Here's where I am. I apologize. This is what's going on, and I I hope that you won't fire me as your uh, right," which is just a awesome thing and and i was literally reading a text this morning in the car before i walked in here um truck i drive trucks in texas uh in the truck i was uh, <laughs> reading this text from him and it just made my heart warm you know he's been back yeah. on track for a few weeks now and 
You know, this week he's made 14 sales calls. Awesome. Uh, he worked out five days a week, three days a week. He worked out in the morning, not the evening, which he always struggled with because he was always hung over in the mornings. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, but that's the second thing is, as I, I gain nothing in yeah. coaching him, but I want to help, but you right? Help, so there sure. are people out there that you can probably reach out to, uh, which would be a second one. Third one is you literally hire somebody. Right. Like when I got really serious two years about, three years ago, I guess. Uh, about getting back in shape because, you know, it's funny. I was looking, my daughter's turning 13 tomorrow. Last night, we're looking at all these pictures. And what I'm really mad at myself is I was a fat blob in my 30s, right? I, I was a, uh, like, so, I was legitimately a fat blob in my 30s. You really 30s. weren't though. Like, I was 40 luckily, pounds overweight. I can carry it, but luckily I was still you're fat. six five and so you can like i mean really put on weight but it's what's I can interesting hide it, but what's interesting though is yeah. back in the day when when i go back and look at videos and stuff you are heavier but i don't remember thinking you were heavy by any stretch of the imagination oh, it bugs me it bugs me i look well, back now at those pictures because you've worked out for so long so so diligently right um but it's just interesting because yeah that's funny i was i was mad at myself because like man i wasted 30 you know my 30s my 30s i could have been doing more triathlons more stuff but i'm like a fat my point was when i got really serious before also, i turned don't look at it that way you're gonna need to look at what did you accomplish in and what am i do next the lesson is <laughs> that I, when I finally got serious about it, is I, I paid for two trainers yeah. five days a week for the last two years. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like spending the money and I don't like the accountability of getting but up at five it gets in the morning. The job done. But I knew that that's what was going to be required if right. I wanted to be in the best shape of my life on my 40th birthday, Yeah, um, which I was able to do. I was able to get my body fat percentage down to the lowest it's been since college. I was able to get my, more importantly, my blood work. Uh, my, yeah. you know, our doctor, Dr. Mack told me that it's the best that he's seen ever and it's since awesome. he's been doing it. So, um, you know, it's, it, it goes back to finding that partner, finding the accountability partner or paying for the accountability. Uh, and the last thing that I would add in this section, I'd like to get your final thoughts as well is, um, I do think that it's important to have either reward or punishment systems. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about what usually motivates people, it's usually pressure, praise or competition. So the first one example we gave us a good competition one. Um, pressure is something where if you're paying for it, usually you feel like you're wasting your time. Yeah. Like, why would I waste the money and not do the work? Usually that's right? enough. Usually it is enough. Right. To... And then the situation I gave you with my my friend's son, mm -hmm. that's more of a praise thing, right? Like he yeah. just wants my approval and that's enough for him to keep on moving mm -hmm. forward in this case. Um, but understanding what, what motivates you is super important. What I've come to understand being a paid coach for years and also being coached for more than 14 years now right. is that every semester uh, with my personal coaches, what they always do is they'll tell me, okay, uh, what are your top two goals for the semester? And then what reward or consequence are you going to put for yourself to do it? And uh, I've shared this with you personally before, but what I, when I look back never at the 10 year mark, so it's been 14 years now, but the 10 year mark, you know, I was really looking at what kind of successes and failures I'd had in the last 10 years. I'm a weirdo and I like look at that stuff. And um, the thing that really stood out to me is almost every time that I put out a reward with whatever the, the, the goal was, I almost never achieved the goal, right? Because the reward wasn't what motivated me. It wasn't right. big enough, you know, 
Uh, in some cases, I, I, I went and did it anyways. Did like, it anyway. yeah. Right, I, I if I do X, a, Y, and Z, then I'll piece. go on this trip. And then you plan the trip and then you don't hit it and you go on the trip anyways, anyway, right? Yeah. So what I found is that that was not a motivator for me. So a lot of people say, uh, use those words, if I, then I'll do this. Mm-hmm. And, and that works for some people, but I, I would argue most it doesn't. On the flip side, whenever I put a consequence, if it was a weak consequence, I almost always never did it also, right? Meaning right. you've heard the story of there was uh, right about that same time, going back to weight, yeah. uh, back at when I was 37, 38, there were three of us, three of my buddies, three coaches actually, and we're, we're sitting around and uh, we, we were all looking at each other and drinking beers and we're looking at each other and like, man, you're fat. And the next I was like, yeah, you're fat too. Fatty? And we went around the, yeah, we went around the corners <laughs> and finally we said, hey, listen, we're going to see each other in six months again. Uh, and so let's all bet 500 bucks and uh we'll put 500 bucks out there and and whoever loses the most weight by the next summit uh wins all the money right there's actually four of us there's three other guys and so what you know we showed up six months later no one lost weight uh (laughs) because the four of us happened to be okay uh, financially pretty okay (laughs) so we're like screw it we'll just write the 500 dollars check to charity i don't care i'd rather eat drink be merry and have fun right and and it really bothered all of us because we're coaches right and so literally on the spot when we realized that no one achieved their goals we all put up ten thousand bucks so we all said okay ten ten thousand dollar bet 20 pounds must lose by the by six months from now and of the four of us, how many of us didn't lose 20 pounds? I mean, we all lost 20 pounds. In fact, yeah. one guy, I remember the last six hours sitting in a, a sauna trying it. to sweat off the sweat last three pounds, out. right? Um, but my it. point was when the consequence was high enough, you almost all, I almost always hit my goals, yeah. almost always. Uh, take away hunting privileges for me, I'm going to do the job. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, make me give a big financial donation to a political party I don't agree with. <laughs> That is I'm probably the funniest done. thing I've ever heard, right. Uh Make me donate do money to a school that is not the school <laughs> that I want my kids to go to. I will definitely get the job oh done. My so gosh. those are the accountabilities that I'm talking about. It's not just I yeah. wish, pray, and hope and cross my fingers I'm going to do this. But unless somebody that's going to hold you accountable and make you pay the I, I love that. And then the only other thing that... So for me, I don't really... Okay. So I think it goes back to first aligning the right why. Um, and I know that that has been able to keep me on track, um, this year specifically more, more often, or for the majority of the time, there's been definitely a few slip backs or slip offs. Um, but the ability to get back on track has been fundamentally different and easier because, I just have to remind myself of the why Mm -hmm. and what example would I be setting if I just let myself completely like throw all this hard work away. Right. So, um, so first starting with the why I think is, is huge and making sure it's for the right reasons, um, and using that as motivation to stay on track or get back on track. But the other piece is if you are going to do some sort of a reward, um, like one thing I did was I had my treadmill in my bedroom and I know that is not a great place for workout equipment, right? So at the end of two months, when I'm still working out consistently, let's transform a room in the house into a little gym. So that was a that is in alignment with still completing the goal mm-hmm. and the reward matches, right? So I think that's a really nice way to look at it too, is that what can you do? Um, you know, getting new workout 
um, clothes, right? Mm -hmm. They're expensive. They're fun to buy. Getting a brand new pair of super cool tennis shoes or some Lululemon stuff that's a little bit you wouldn't normally spend on yourself. Um, I I like that idea too as far as how to reward yourself for the things that you're doing. Um, And then hiring or bartering. um, I know for sure I have in the past gotten really hung up on the cost associated with things. So I want Mm -hmm. to hire a nutritionist. I want to hire a personal trainer. And when I think about the cost of those things, it just irks. It's hard to be able to stomach spending that money. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times that can be an instant stop or a derail for a lot of people. Well, Mm -hmm. I don't know enough about nutrition. So therefore, well, that that's a bust. That idea is a bust. Um, I can't afford a personal trainer Mm -hmm. to come to my house. So that idea is the best. So, or a financial advisor or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, the idea of bartering is so powerful and I have come to, it has become truly one of my most favorite ways uh, to negotiate with people and, and, and set up relationships, trading services. trading services. And it's kind of fun too, because the conversation will be like, well, I don't know. Do you want to barter in some way? Well, I don't know. I don't know what I have to offer. Well, let's just talk through it. Right. Like, and sometimes it's like, well, I have a beach house. Do you want to like use the beach house? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to use the beach house. So there's, you know, it's, it's a fun conversation to have. And, um, it's just, it's cool. So think about, think outside of having to spend money on things and entering into relationships with people that Mm -hmm. have, you both can, you know, you're, you're both giving, you're both gaining and that makes it really fun too. So, um, so yeah, recruiting accountability and getting your support. The only thing that we didn't talk about was, um, as far as your family goes, I do think it's important to share what you want to accomplish with your family. Um, you don't need them to be your accountability partners per se, but letting them know what you're doing and why you're doing it and then sharing your successes along the way. Gosh, that they'll be your biggest cheerleaders, right? Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, um, specifically talking about food and, and nutrition, I'm not, you know, Randy does a lot of, well, he does all of the cooking and um, a lot of the of the grocery shopping. So I need him on board so that he can mm-hmm. help support in the, in the food area. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so not forcing anybody in your inner circle to be an accountability partner, but just to be your cheerleader and like to tell you that you're awesome. Like, um, when I was on a carb kick, I guess Aubrey overheard it. I don't remember telling her, but every time that, you know, Chris would make cookies and the other kids were eating it and then you'll pick up a cookie. Aubrey would be like, uh-uh, <laughs> uh-uh. uh-uh. It's car- <laughs> he's got carbs in there. It's like, darn it. I know. They but will. They'll help you. It works. They'll yeah. help you stay on track and they love you, yeah. right? And so they'll be your biggest cheerleader and you certainly don't want to disappoint. So yeah. if you see your or kids. Or just be a bad example with in front of us. Exactly. Like, you know. Exactly. So no, I cool. love it. So I think so that really. So step three is done. Get yeah. an accountability partner, hire, barter, somebody, make sure you share your goals, make sure you share your intentions and make sure you tell them why, uh, uh, why, uh, you want to do this and ask for their help. Right. Yep. yep. So Love three it. is behind us, organize and prepare. So step number four, now we've, now we know what we want to do. We know why we want to do it. We've got somebody that's going to help us do it. Now you got to organize and prepare. So, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite sayings, uh, I don't know where I picked this up. It might be an original Josh thing, uh, is a, uh, a vision without a plan is just as work, uh, just as work, work, uh, sorry, let me say it again. <laughs> a vision without a plan is as worthless as a plan without execution. 
a vision without a plan is just as worthless as a plan without execution. So yes. meaning, uh, I want to achieve blank. Cool. There's your vision. How the hell are you going to do it? Right. So there's the plan. And then great. So now you have a vision, you know what to do. Now you got to do the freaking work. Now right? you got to do the work. Um, so, yeah. so I think it's super important. And this is one of the things when it comes down to organizing, preparing, um, you know, it goes back to the whole concept is we're trying to set ourselves up for success. Um, and this goes back to, I believe, whatever the most important one or two things that you're trying to achieve should be the first things you do every day. Yeah. You know, um, but let's kind of work through this. I'll let you start this one since I started the last one. Okay. So, um, so some of the notes, um, calendaring. So yep. I know that our culture Mm-hmm. Meaning like our, our team culture, yep. even our relationship and dynamic culture, everything goes on the calendar. Yeah. We have reflected and I've even pulled that into my family. So <laughs> Christy calls, Christy calls Katie, my secretary to plan dates yes. or yeah. like she doesn't call me to find out when I'll be home. She just calls Katie yeah. and puts what it on the counter. What, what, what time I need to leave for a school event. She just tells Katie. Tells absolutely. Katie. Absolutely. I follow my calendar. Follow the calendar. Yep. And so um, I really, I started kind of pushing this into my personal life too. And it's really funny. So our, um, Randy got really good about putting everything on our shared calendar as our family shared calendar. And then my phone, I'm not able to sync it anymore. So I really had kind of stopped looking at that calendar and he totally busted my chops the other day. He was like, what do you mean? Like, it's on the calendar. Are you not looking at the calendar? I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, actually it's not syncing anymore. So anyways, um, it's so finding a place to to house everything that's important yep. and that can be visible to the people that are involved or need to know where you're going to be so everybody can plan and work around together. So use your calendars. Um, can I make an asterisk there please, for, yes. for viewers? Yeah. So whoever's listening, I want you to write this one statement down. Your calendar is a reflection of your priorities. 100%. Your calendar is a reflection of your priorities. And so, I think Lindsay, uh, our friend Lindsay said, what story does your calendar tell? Oh, I love that. I love that she said that because it is Lindsay so Earhart? true. Yes. That's Lindsay awesome. Earhart, if she said, what, if you look at your calendar, what story does it tell? Mm-hmm. And that is such a beautiful way to, to keep yourself in check. Once a week, at the end of the week, at the beginning of the week, whenever, take a look at your calendar and yeah. say, if I was, if I didn't know me, what would I think that this person did all week long, mm-hmm. right? And what does it show are your priorities? Mm-hmm. What's first in the morning? Do you have family time written in there? Do you have, you know, time to work on your business, in your business? Do you have time set aside to review your budget, yep. have spiritual time in the morning, work out, all of those things? Yep. Um, so I love that. So think about, you know, if if you didn't know you and you looked at your calendar, what would it show? Is it completely blank? Um so I, I love that. But yes, reflection of your priorities. Um, this one I know is is really near and dear to my heart um, because it's 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 very it rings true to uh, our dynamic is knowing your pace and your limits. Mm-hmm. And I think this is important because especially if you work on a team, if um, if you work closely with somebody else, understanding what each other's limits and paces are, because a lot of times we are going to try to match and mirror the other's pace. And it can be both ways, right? I can try to speed up to you or you could try to slow down to me, whatever it is. And neither one 
makes any sense. You need to understand and do and operate where you are the most comfortable because that's where you're going to be the most efficient. It's where you're going to be the most present. Um, it's where you're going to feel the best and healthiest from a rest and, and, and mind mm-hmm. space capacity, all of that. Um, and so I always say, you know, Josh has a much, he can operate at a much higher pace and capacity than I can from a standpoint of appointments during the day. So I really tap out about five appointments and mine, one, because mine are a little bit longer. I tend to talk a little bit more than Josh. I also need a little bit more time to go through my text messages and go through my emails. Um, I just have a little bit of a slower pace. doesn't mean that I'm not, I don't get as much done. Um, but you tend to, to just operate more quickly. I, for years, tried to keep up with that pace and and did, but it did not make me feel good, right? It, mm-hmm. I was literally, it's like I was running, I was sprinting all day and just crashing at the end. And so that's not good long-term. And so when I really understood where my sweet spot was as far as this is really where I operate the best, I'm the happiest, healthiest, people get the best version of me, This is these are the parameters, Um it was really one, it was eye opening, was also very freeing. And you were totally understanding of that, right? And so I think that's you can't underestimate if the person that you're trying to keep up with or trying to uh, match or mirror, they I don't think anyone expects everybody to operate at the same capacity levels as each other all the time, mm-hmm. um, as long as everything's getting done. So if you know that you are an early riser, then do your most important or you operate best in the mornings, which I tend to do my best work in the, in the morning mm-hmm. time frame up until about two o'clock. Um, that's where all the important stuff needs to be done. It's where I need to work out. It's where I need mm-hmm. to spend time, you know, doing the prospecting, making calls. I need to um, basically give my energy in those hours to the things that are the absolute most important mm-hmm. because the energy levels will die off throughout the day. Um, and then as funny as it is, I do kind of catch a second wind and it tends to be later in the evening. So as soon as like kids are in bed, um, and I have a moment just to kind of breathe Whew, about 30 minutes after I've, everything is settled down. Here comes my second wind. Um, and so typically there's some work that can be done there. Um, but just paying attention to what your cadence is mm-hmm. and what those, and what that looks like for you, I think is really huge. So yeah. what did I miss? You didn't miss a lot. I think it's, you know, the, I think what whoever is listening is hearing is, like I live and die on my calendar. If it's not on it, yep. and I know you do the same, but if it's not on it, it doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. Um, but what what's really interesting, why this is such an important valid point to not skip over because it's amazing to me how, like there's still people that live in the dark ages, I'm not gonna name names, that are literally using, <laughs> you know, wall calendars and writing on the wall. Uh, and, but that's still better than the rest it's of the people better, that yeah, don't even have written, a calendar, right? It's like, down. Uh, and especially when there's professional, you know, my industry, there's lots of, you know, re- realtors, lenders and tile companies. And, you know, there's always a top 10% and a bottom 90%. And I'll tell you what a lot of the bottom 90% have in common is they don't freaking follow a calendar. How do I know I just, that? Because they miss appointments. I just um, don't even know how you remember. You, don't, well, you can't. How you, do you, you remember? You cannot operate at any decent level without a calendar. And so um, the, the reason why I started with the calendar's reflection of your priorities is this. When you sit down like you're doing right now, going through your goals, defining what you want, if you look at your calendar and there's nothing that you accomplished today to, to move the needle towards that, what the hell did you waste your day on? I mean. Like, what was the effing point? Yeah. That's the problem. And so, 
you know, as a uh, somebody that takes coaching very seriously for myself and for others, you know, it's a really easy thing. Like I see a lot of busy people in the world. Great. What the fuck did you do today today? to get the goal that you wanted? (laughs) Because if you did nothing for a day, a week or a month, then you're not, you don't really give a shit about the goal and the outcome anyways. At least that's what your calendar is telling me. Right. Right. So uh, the thing I always try to remind myself is get mine first. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, it's important to me to work out. So I do it in the morning. It's important for me for to read. So I do it in the morning. It's important for me for to do some meditation or spiritual reading. I do that in the morning, right? Uh, I know that as a salesperson, because I am a professional salesperson, it's important for me to make lots of outbound phone calls. I do those in the morning, you know, because the rest of the day, somebody's going to screw it up. Somebody's going to need something. And the, let me just talk about emails for a second, because that's the death of the world that and text messages. Um, when people get up in the morning, what, what I see a very common thread is, is that the first thing they do is they start or the, right when they get, get to work, first thing they do is they look at their emails and their text and they start immediately responding to those emails and texts. And right. so what that literally is saying is that person who emailed you's priorities is more important than your priorities. Yeah. You're, you're literally uh, letting them disrupt what you say is the most important thing. And so a great tactic is don't look just like don't look. just don't look until nine o'clock or whatever time you can live with so you can get all your stuff done in the morning first right um how freeing and like i challenge people to do that yeah and everyone says they can't oh it's not great service you can you totally can and i read a book i read one of ivanka trump's books and by the way she has some fantastic books and she's just a beast of a human love her and she literally statements what? No political statements. I'm no, just no, no. It's, it's I'm not joking. About- <laughs> I'm joking. You're not going to hear any political statements out of me. I promise that. Um, she is, she, one of her books talks about specifically around email in that it really, she is limited. She were in the morning, one time in the afternoon or around lunchtime. And then again, before she mm-hmm. leaves the day, that's, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are people that literally the email is their dictation of the entire day. Mm-hmm. Their email dictates their entire. They're just day. reacting all day. They're not getting anything all done. day. Yep. And so I, I, I didn't truly like consciously make the decision to treat my email this way, but subconsciously, I started kind of falling into those categories once in the morning just to kind of see, and then once you look at it again at lunchtime and there's nothing pressing, it is really just a four one one box just an information box, right? It's, it is literally life changing. Mm-hmm. It is life changing. Um, so anyways, yeah. So, so as you keep on going through that, yes, you know what you, you have to create some space to catch up because there are some pressing matters. So if you never look at your email or text, yep. then especially if in the service industry, you can make a mistake. Um, what I would say though, in most service industries, most as in like 99.9, there's nothing that can wait, cannot wait for two hours. Well, and like, here's there's the thing. Nothing. If so, there's something that is a true emergency, they'll call. Don't you think they're gonna call? They're gonna call. Yep. They're gonna call. And so, you know, so with that being said, what you do is you create catch-up time on your calendar. If you're really on it, you know, I'll use my buddy Tad Chapman. So Tad Chapman, if you call his voicemail right now, uh, it will tell you exactly what his day looks like. So it'll, yeah. it'll always change every single day. He records it every single morning, and all it says is. You know, hope you're having a great day. He's a realtor, by the way. It's a great day to buy real estate. And uh, I've got a, a full day today. Uh, if you need immediate assistance, call my team. Here's the office number. Uh, I will be returning calls between 12 and 1 and again between 5 and 6. 
And so, you know, people, when they hear a message like that on the voicemail, separate of an email, or you can do these auto reply emails that say the exact same thing, right. uh, they don't really expect things to get back to. But if there's no known callback time, then they want it right now, right? It's the moment, it's a, the information Absolutely. age where people expect things instantaneously. But if they get that instantaneous voicemail or mm-hmm. autoresponder that says, I'll call you back between 12 and 1, and you do, you'll be just That's fine. That's you'll thing. Be, you'll be just fine. You have, you have to, to do what you do say you're going to do. So I think those are super important. And then you can use alarms uh, in this as well. So I have really, this is one thing I have super adopted this year the is the, the use of alarms that's and good. not for, not for the traditional things. Right. Uh-huh. And that's what we're going to talk about. Gratitude reminders. Who has a, a alarm that goes off throughout the day that says, Hey, count your blessings. Like pick one thing that you are really grateful awesome. for today. I mean, that's awesome. And you guys, it's business is hard. COVID is hard. There's a lot going on right now and things get very crazy. And it, the ability to slip into a very dark, weird, negative place is just a very real, it's a very real concept and finding the win in every day, finding something to be grateful for, um, really can put things in perspective and say, you know what? You really don't have anything to bitch about. Yep. Like there's a really easy, I love you said that there's really easy exercise to do it. And I think this is where people get really screwed up. So turn over your piece of paper, Bryn, put a dot in the middle of it. What are you looking at? The dot. What are you not looking at? All of this. Right. Yeah. So any of you can do this and here's the point. So here's your kids. Well, you're pissed off about, right. You're, you're pissed off about this one thing. You're sad about this one thing, the dot in the middle of the page and you're forgetting to be grateful for, we live in America. No one's invaded our borders recently. Right. You know, you can literally have food delivered to you in two hours with Instacart or whatever. Seriously. Like there are, you know, hopefully God forbid your, your family and your kids are healthy. You just go down that list. Like I can still walk. I've I've thrown. I've been an idiot growing up, like skiing off cliffs and doing crazy things that I very realistically could have been paralyzed and not walked away from. And I can still walk. I mean, how you're still living? I mean, that should be a podcast story. Josh's near death experiences. experiences. There's been a few. Uh, Not many that I'm proud of. Also, but um, you know, and I'll I'll just use this as an example. And and this isn't trying to be a political statement, but I think it's a a good reminder for people. So you know, a week ago there was a a very unfortunate death in Minnesota, right? You know, uh, uh, once again, a black guy gets killed by uh, uh, a couple cops. And obviously, I believe that 99.99% of cops out there are amazing individuals that we need that put their, their lives in harm's way. And this one guy screwed up badly. So uh, I am not a judge and jury, but from a, I did have a conversation with two of my friends that are police officers. They believe that he did wrong, whether you call it murder or not. It's not my, I'm not the judge and jury. What really frustrates me is that, you know, the fucking city burned. Okay. The city burned uh, because one cop did one bad thing to one person. Right. And this is not a Black Lives Matter conversation, but what I'm trying to get at is that the actions burning down the entire police precinct, the, you know, throw like individuals on the street yelling and spitting in the faces of police officers who might've been the guy that just saved your life and you didn't know it because they, 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 uh, you know, put in in handcuffs a murderer 
the week before. Right. right. You know, you're so focused on the dot and not the page, the Mm -hmm. blank page that you regress back into acting like freaking animals. And it's, that's just a lack of gratitude. Yeah. And so those are the type of things that I think you have to remind yourself of because, um, yeah, there's a lot of bad shit that happens in the world. There's a lot of bad choices. People are people. People are capable of making bad choices. If you're if you are religious, Adam ate the freaking apple, right? <laughs> like it all like there is evil in the world. But I also believe that people are inherently good. Yeah. And keep focus on that piece. Keep focus on that. And it will yeah. work out long term, right? Absolutely. So when I go I love that you have the gratitude reminders. Um I think yeah. there's the stand up like the, this, one of the things I wrote down is, you know, as you go through your day and maybe you're frustrated because you didn't get done what you were hoping to get done for whatever that one thing is you're trying to work on in the morning. Uh, and if that's eating at you, stand up and walk, stand up and walk away, yeah. stand up and shut off your phone. Uh, but as far as this whole concept of getting things done and making sure that you uh, prioritize and, and uh, organize and prepare, one piece of this is a story that one of my mentors, Rick Ruby, told me which is he had a dad that was, I guess, like a mechanic. Uh, and it, the, from a standpoint of in the garage, he had these boxes. And in this box, there was all these plumbing parts. And in this box, there's all these electrical parts. And in this box, there's all these uh, AC parts. And in this box, the, you know, nuts and bolts and so on. And, uh, and lawnmower parts, right? And so he remembers that he'd go out and, you know, if somebody's broken, he'd see his dad pull out the box. Pull out the box, yeah. Fix the freaking lawnmower, mm-hmm. stay there till the lawnmower is fixed, and then put the box back, right? What a and what vision. I know, right? And what I know a lot of people do is they've got all the fucking boxes out and all the pieces everywhere, <laughs> and they wonder why they're feeling frustrated, right? And so it's it's that kind of thought process when you go to structure your day and creating uh, creating space for yourself, but also creating the time to do the actions that you need to get done. Um, you know. In an hour's time, uh, you know, I'll just do this as an example. So you and I have been sitting here for about an hour. So in the last one hour, I have eight uh, new texts, four missed calls with vo- that have less voice messages. And I've got two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, <laughs> 22 emails. And yeah. none of them have gotten in the way of this. Right. Because right. I'm compartmentalizing. Compartmentalize, yeah. The reason I'm compartmentalizing is because right this freaking second, the only thing that matters is this. <laughs> this, yeah. And when this is done, I will put the box away and I'll look at my calendar and it'll tell me what box to open, right? And that's the type of stuff that I think is important in getting things done. You know, when you go to, if you want to get in, uh, get in shape, you do meal prep on Sunday so you don't think Pull about what you're going to eat all yeah, day long. I love the box analogy. You know, if, you, if awesome. you're going to... Um, if it's a sales thing, don't have prospecting time for an hour or two early on the week or last week. Go ahead and create your list. So, you know, in your, like in my calendar, my list, like if I'm going to call agents mm-hmm. for an hour, right? Yeah. It's literally the name and number and the numbers hyperlinked inside mm-hmm. that calendar event. So I don't have to think about Path who I call. I just go resistance. down and hit the next number and hit the next number and hit totally. the next number, right? Uh, when it comes to, um, you know, one thing too, mm-hmm. that, um, I always, uh, probably one of the first things you taught me when I came to work with you or work for you is don't overthink it. 
keep it simple. Something is better than nothing. Like take the, action, take, start driving. Right. And yep. so I think a lot of us have the ability to really, really, really overthink things. And yep. what is it? Analysis, perhaps. An, analysis uh, paralysis, paralysis. Uh, yeah <laughs> analysis paralysis of analysis paralysis of analysis um something is better than nothing yep. and um just taking action and getting those things done is is huge to stop thinking about it because as soon as you do something you make some effort towards whatever initiative or goal that you have the endorphins are released into your brain and it feels yeah. good. Yep. So get those endorphins pumping as quickly as possible because that's going to, your, your body's going to want more of that. And yep. so the chances of you continuing are much higher. Yep. So uh, a couple last thoughts on this organization part. Uh, yep. One thing I think is super important is to declutter in general, right? So yes. you're, you're filling in your calendar and you're prioritizing what you should do first. Ideally, not always you can like, uh, one thing I prioritized last year is I wanted to coach my kids. So I wanted to coach and, you know, assistant coach in basketball and baseball and things like that. And, um, you can't do that at seven o'clock in the morning. Right. Yeah. So I, I get that you can't always do that first thing in the morning, but depending on what your life is like. Uh, but, um, as you load these things in, you also have to get stuff out of it. And there's a concept, I forget where I heard it, but there's a, basically a, a finite number of choices and decisions yes, everybody just can make. That down. Yeah, Only. there's a finite number of choices you can make in a day before you get uh, um, like exhaustion, fatigue, yeah. fatigue of making decisions, right? Uh, and so the the whole idea when you get into this organizational phase is... This is in the book Game Changers. That's what it was. That's I started good, reading yeah, it. Great. I started yeah, reading it. It's, it's like book. in it's exactly what one was. of the f one first or second chapters. Yeah, so the, the whole idea is that if... Uh, you know, if you if you got fifty decisions you can make for your pace, remember everyone's different. So mm -hmm. you can make fifty decisions a day. Let's not choose what we're going to wear today. Like if you're going to sit there and put on three different you know dresses and take them off and put on three different pairs of slacks and then take them off and then like <laughs> you're making choices and wasting right. So uh, the this, the idea I know it's easier said than done is thank God I'm colorblind in a couple areas, but right. at this point if you go to my closet, like it's basically blues, grays and greens yeah and they kind of all go together so yeah. you should be able to walk in grab a shirt and a pair of pants and it should and, work <laughs> and, and it walked out and it's done um oh, and so, so i'm not wasting time there you know when you uh you know we'll just say uh oh gosh Where mothers <laughs> suburbans are a place where people's hopes and dreams go to die <laughs> right like i i don't understand how that much destruction <laughs> can be created in that small of a space with, oh where there's God. mothers with young children. Uh, <laughs> right. I can't get inside of my wife's car sometimes when it's been too long. So I have to go get it detailed. Like I have to empty it. I have to get it done. Right. Um, because if I remove all that stuff, yeah. I feel serene. I feel <laughs> calm. But that also applies towards your office. It applies towards your car. It applies towards your uh, your closet. It applies towards your drawers. Every yes, yeah, right. The more your you work can organize, bag, your purse, yes, everything yeah, simplify, needs to be simplify, yes. simplify, simplify. I heard. Um, I want to say this was probably like on Oprah back in the day. Um, that wherever you enter your house through, so if you go through your garage or if you go through your front door, wherever that's, it's really important that that space 
is clean, organized, and ready to accept you. And I love that thought process. Um, So if you go through your garage, then make sure that it, you know, things are put away. There's a nice path for you to get, you know, to your door. A path is a more realistic answer. Right, exactly. Well, or here's the thing, (laughs) or avoid it all together. Like there's something called the avoidance strategy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's funny and this is out actually, of sight out of mind it's, well I know that the garage is not a great place um, for organization in our household it is also my husband's space that is his mm-hmm. place so I really try to let him keep it however he wants to keep it right and I just don't go in there I just don't go in there like if that is if that's, that's what, if that's what he wants that's how he can have it but so I go through the front door but I make sure that you know we've got our little mud room area it's all set up you know we enter into the formal it's beautiful it smells nice and that's accepting me into the house for the for the day so I think that that is huge um I love going back to the deci- the decisions that you can make so picking out outfits or having a rough mm-hmm. outline of what you're gonna wear for the week um, some of the most successful people in the world have uniforms, yep. right? So this is my shirt that I like, and these are the pants I like, and I have multiple of those. Um, or on Sunday, here's a rough outline of what I'm going to wear. Um, meal prepping is obviously huge. Preparing lists. Um, for me, my car, my office, and my work bags are the most important. So for me to feel prepared for the next day and ready to take it on. So every day... At the end of the day, when I get home, everything comes out of my car. I do. A, I spend a lot of time in my car. So there's, you know, it's it's a thing. I have to go through every, you know, get all the trash out and reset. Um, I definitely have to do that with Love my it. work bag um, so I can take on the next day and feel really, really, um, feel really good about it. Yep. The last thing I would add on when you're doing it through calendar to organize it, um, you know, the, again, this goes back to putting your plan on your calendar, right? So if you're going to work yeah. out, you're going to work out three days a week. The thing that, that I'm really cognizant of myself, and it's it's a function of not having enough time, right? Like if I, if I could print more time, I would. Mm-hmm. You know, if, uh, I don't need a whole lot of sleep. So if I could, you know, if I didn't have a wife and kids and I would always choose them over it, I could absolutely be the, the workaholic. I've been that in my past. Yeah. Um, my point is, is that you've got to be able to look at and identify your pinch points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you look out of your calendar at a glance and you're like, okay, um, there's just not enough time to get everything done. Like that's going to be a problem. That is when you look at it up front, you can adjust accordingly and prioritize correctly. When you're in the heat of the moment and you've overcommitted yourself for whatever, usually because most people are not that selfish, the thing that you give up on is what was going to make you happy. Right. Well, think about like the best laid intentions of, uh, you know, you're going to work out on the way home. Uh, but you got to make dinner for the kids at 6.30, right? Right. Um, so there's this last minute work need. The boss asked for blank or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Client runs a little bit late. So you're like, oh, no big deal. I'll take care of it. And so now all of a sudden you're leaving the office 30 minutes late. Yeah. Well, guess what was given up? That was your time the, Your time for you to get you know your yeah. hour of workout. Yeah. And that was important to you uh, or, or whatever. So when you look at your calendar and you see, hey, this is kind of going to be crunchy this right here. This is going to be a problem. If you look at it in advance, you can make some moves to make sure that you protect what is most important because uh, the the only grade that I think is important, the only grade is, did you do something today to move the needle towards what you want in the right. story? Yeah. If you did, kudos. I don't care how good or bad of a day you think it was, kudos. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, poor job. Yeah. Poor planning. 
but recover quickly, be the damn recover. buffalo, and get be, back at it tomorrow. Be the buffalo. Right? So I'm done with this section if you are. Yes, absolutely. So we'll move in the last section, step five, which is identify where you will struggle, right? Oh, man. Um, you know, this is, again, the last piece of the planning stage because, you know, uh, we, go, we went from the vision and steps basically one and two to the planning for two, three, and uh, sorry, for three, four, and five. And then you'll be prepared, and, and but I can't make you do the work, right? So right. you have to execute whatever the plan is. But it's really important to understand uh, why you've struggled in the past and where you think you're going to struggle this time around, uh, which comes back to, in large part, emotional issues, mm-hmm. right? We all have them, by the way. This is not me attacking emotional people. Uh, I, I, I am still a young kid at heart, too. Um, I think if I were to really define the two biggest fears I currently have, it'd be fear of failure and fear of letting people down. Mm. Um, and I probably would switch them now. I think my biggest fear is letting other people down. Um, so my point in doing this is if you have that fear of letting other people down, then you might not commit to a big enough goal yeah. as an example. You yeah. know, I can think about personal production on my loan team as an example. Yeah. Like uh, I want to run. Like I just want to run, run. Um, I'm a natural competitor, mm-hmm. um, but there's also goals that I know my team, like a lot of people on my team uh, do, it It does more damage to miss the goal by a percentage point yeah. than it is to uh, the benefits of exceeding it's the like, goal. like, sh- what is it? Shoot for the stars, la- wait, shoot for the moon, mm-hmm. land among the stars. But shoot like, for the stars, sh- land on the moon. Shoot for the moon, land on the, right? Well, like the stars are stars. further away. Star, so if you shoot for the stars <laughs> and you come up short, that means you'd land on the but moon. the moon is like, you have to like land or anyway. <laughs> I think you're I'm thinking wrong. like a bed of stars. If you, can if you just will like, like or comment on this one, let's just make sure I could be wrong. I admit I could be wrong. I think logically it would be shoot for the stars and you would land on the moon because if you come but up the, short, you, you're still in the fucking moon. Yeah, but you have to be re- like, there's only one if moon. For, if I shoot for the moon and I come up short, where am I? I'm not among the stars. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not like an astrologist. <laughs> Clearly. We'll go with that. So let's focus on step five, which you're good I'm at. Thinking. Let's not talk about astrology, okay? Um, so Is it astronomy or astrology? <laughs> okay. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're embarrassing me, Smalls. I'm sorry. Me, Smalls. Okay. What are you afraid of? Yeah, so, what is it that you're afraid of? Looking stupid? <laughs> um, right. Uh, being embarrassed. <laughs> Is that he always tells me you're embarrassing? Oh, is that why do I embarrass you? No, it's actually <laughs> quite endearing. I know. Uh, a lot of people's hang up, by the way, is fear of success. This is so interesting. It's a weird one. This, this is self sabotage along the way. Oh my gosh. I literally can, I, I can think of one person that gets so close, so close to the goal, and then boom, misses it. Misses it. And it is, it is literally like, it is like they're doing it on purpose. It is, it's crazy. And it's such a, it's such an interesting thing. You have to talk me through it. I don't understand. Where does this come? Like, where does the fear of success come from? Like you don't deserve it? Uh, I'm not a psychologist, but what I've, what I've come to understand from books I've read and I believe in is that it comes back to how we define success. Okay. And usually people associate success with whatever the most that they're, whoever brought them up, whoever made the most, if they can just do that, they're successful, 
right? Right. So if daddy made 50,000 bucks a year, making 51,000 is successful, right? right. If, if their daddy made 150,000, then 151 is successful, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, there is a, a big piece of it, I find, especially in, in different industries, is not feeling deserving of it, right? Mm. Um, they're not deserving of the success because, you know, I'll just use uh, different financial industries. So stockbrokers or, um, you know, bond traders or mortgage loan officers, things like that, right? Uh, I see people digging ditches on the side of the road. Uh, they are for sure working harder than me. They're for sure working harder than the stock. Busting ass. Right. And, and they're, you know, you're driving to work and, and they're usually the first ones out, right? You see, oh, they've construction been out there for, is 5 a.m. They're right. moving and, um, and then they work. You know, here we are in Texas and there's tar on the ground and 105 degree so heat. Hot. I can't imagine. And yet, you know, a stockbroker or, or a mortgage guy might make more money than that person, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I do think that in some ways, like, uh, there is a I don't deserve this mentality with a lot of people. Again, not a psychologist. Uh, don't about, know where that would come maybe, from. Uh, maybe it comes from too. If I do this now, the bar it, now it, there's a new level. There's a right, new bar that I can't go under, and right. that can be fearful too. Because oh, for years I was afraid of uh, of not being relevant, of going backwards. For years, you know. So as we built our our business and had somewhat of a following nationwide um, yeah. with other people in the industry, the the fear of the fall was a big driver. Um, Super so, interesting. So it's a lot easier to never achieve and never have anything to prove. Um, I've always said- No expectations. Uh, there's no there's, expectations, right? right. So um, it's not a pride before the fall, but I would say it's a lot easier to be second or third and chase number one, then it is be number one. Be number one and hold and then it. And try and hold it, right? So Yeah, because if I've you do it once ends, and then you don't do it the next, right. so next I've, I've year or whatever. I've been on both ends of that equation. Yeah. And uh, it's a, such an interesting mentality. You know, you've got nothing to lose, but number one's got to reprove it again next so year, right? So here's why I, I've really been thinking a lot about this. And it really goes back to a, what is your goal? So if you're not, let's say you're, you're, you didn't come in number one. But did you mm -hmm. hit your goal? Mm -hmm. That should be the priority. Well, it goes back to running your race, not somebody else's race. Correct. Um, like, and we've talked. We talked a lot about the comparison mm -hmm. and comparisons you know, a thief of joy, right? And so, don't look at what number one did. The really the only comparison should be: Did we hit our goal? Did we set out? Did we do what we set out to do? And if that's the case, boom! That is a huge success. Yep. Now, I I, I do want to. There is a one percenter, right? So I, I do not want to argue with uh, with the Michael Jordans of the world. I yeah. do think that if you if if you have that desire to be number one, then yeah. you must compare to number one. Very for true. sure. For yeah, but you better be. But that clear. goes back to your goal too, though. Right, that's and the goal. this is why I want to disseminate uh, between the two because. If it is your desire to be number one and you're willing to do whatever it takes to be number one, you'd be foolish to not compare yourself to number one and look Correct. at what they're doing better than you, right? Um, but uh, there, there's, I will tell you that when you interview or read or watch ESPN interviews of all the greats, uh, most recently, coach of Alabama and, and the coach of the Patriots, uh, 20 years careers already and greater than that. One of the things that they both say, if they say, going back to give themselves advice as younger men, is mm -hmm. I wish I hadn't compared as much. Oh, yeah. Right? So 
you got if you're not enjoying the ride along the way, then what's the whole point? And so I, I do think that what you said is spot on. Um, you know, look, recognize, game recognizes game, right? Yeah. Um, but then when you're setting your own goals and you're setting your own rewards and your own consequences, mm-hmm. and you're and upfront in an non-emotional state when you're making your plans and you're creating yeah. your plan to execute, if you're happy with the outcome, happy not satisfied is a good thing. Like right. being happy yeah. with the outcome as you go. So the beautiful thing is, is you want to run a five minute mile, then you want to run a five uh, or four forty five mile, then a four thirty mile. Mm-hmm. But if you've never run a five minute mile ever, and you finally do it, be happy. That's amazing. Be happy. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, you know, if my my daughter all of a sudden thinks she wants to be a pole vaulter, which is kind of fun to think about. My wife is scared to death. Um, <laughs> I love it because I'm kind of a thrill seeker. So it's I'm, I'm pro- super cool. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> But where do you start? And it's like, well, you know, you're, she's trying to jump over a five foot <laughs> pole to start with, right? Yeah. That's, that's all it starts with. It's five or six feet. Um, and then you watch, you know, high schoolers that are hitting eight, 10, How high do feet. those things go? I don't even know. I don't know the, the high. Uh, I think I've seen a 20 foot jump before in the Olympics. I think 18 to 22 feet, I think is how high they go. Um, somebody can correct me. It's, it's, it's really a whole hard. lot higher than six feet, right? <laughs> Um, but but if you're comparing yourself when you're first starting off to the guy that's doing the 20 foot jump, you're not going to get past the six foot because you're going to give up early. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what the key is, is what I do believe in going back to competition is a great motivator is if you're in a company where there is a list, Mm -hmm. don't compare yourself to the number one person, compare yourself to the next person in front of you and just beat that guy. Right. So I'm gonna tell a little or, secret. Or I've got set your goals to beat that person. To, right. Right. So uh, I'll tell a little secret that I help my kids with to help them make sports teams. Right. Um, so you know, if you're not the best person in basketball or the best person in volleyball, you don't have to be the best, but you better be the best five. The best five start. Okay. Right. Got it. You don't yeah. have to be the best, but you better be the best five. So all you're looking at is. Well, who currently is in the top five and can you stay for sure above the fifth spot? Can you take that person's spot? And so when you do that, then you're always, what what I told my daughter as an example is identify who you think the fifth person is on the team and always, always run and practice next to them. And they won't even know that you're playing the game. But if you, if the coaches are watching, which they always are, and they're always watching you that give that extra little sprint and you are... Uh, a little bit more motivated and you're just outplaying that person side by side daily and the other person doesn't even know that they're running a race, um, you yeah. have a better chance of winning. And so yeah. I, I love that. In fact, uh, years ago, there was a guy that I wanted to beat uh, in the industry that was in a different city. He didn't even know this, but I got a dartboard of his face. <laughs> so funny. And the dartboard of his face was in the office and we used to, I used to throw darts at the guy's face because that I wanted to beat hilarious. the guy, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he didn't even have to know it. But so I do think competition's good if it's healthy competition. Healthy, I don't yeah. know if throwing darts at somebody's face is healthy. <laughs> yeah. but it's it healthy. And then we go into what you define as healthy. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it does work. So uh, I love what you said, <laughs> so but funny. it is your race. And at the it's end of the day, race. You know, growth is growth. And what I tell a lot of people is just fall forward. Yeah. You're going to fall. Just fall forward. Do a little bit better and a little little better. better. And a little bit better done a long time wins. 
I love it. Right? So basically, um, you know, we I, we said, what are you afraid of? So we have success, failure, letting people down, and being embarrassed that this may be the tenth time you've tried to accomplish this goal. Yeah, so why even bother? So why even bother? Or, or why, why tell, tell people? Anybody. Yeah, don't <laughs> tell, tell people. The last five times I had a New Year's resolution losing five pounds, I quit by or not, not drinking. That's a bad one. The last five times I was not going to drink for a month. You know, day three I quit. Right? Yeah. Uh, so I don't go, tell here anybody. Here we go again. Here yep. we go again. But um, the idea is, you know. It's your race. It's your game. Don't be embarrassed. Um, be proud that you have the the resilience and the persistent behavior to to try again. Yep. Right? Reframe it. <laughs> yep. uh, but as far as being being honest with yourself about what you are up against and what challenges you're going to encounter along the way just puts you that much further ahead and yep. staring it in the eyes. Right? Yep. Like I'm not ignoring you. I know that you are going to be an issue. Yeah. I see you and then you can move past one of the ones quicker. I've seen for myself that I, I've seen a lot of people as well. And, and if this will probably speak to a whole lot of people, um, people are willing to do the work when they have to, but when things start to get good, uh, yeah, they stop. Yeah. Right. So you can use that in, in a lot of different scenarios as an example, you know, somebody that, um, somebody that's furloughed, mm -hmm. they'll budget, they'll budget, they'll budget for sure. Yeah. Um, the job starts again. Does the mm -hmm. budget continue? Right. Most of the time, right. not. Uh, somebody that is um, uh, a heart attack risk mm -hmm. or diabetic risk. Yeah. They'll probably start working on their diet mm -hmm. until they get the green light of, hey, you're doing great. And then all of a sudden yeah. they get a little loosey goosey with their diet, right? Yeah, so true. Uh, you know, uh, in sales and in business for sure, it's amazing what marketing teams and sales teams will do. When they're looking at next month and the pipeline and is the, all dry. It's like, go, 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 right. go, go. But and then, then when, when business is good, yeah. marketing teams and sales teams usually yeah. slow down the exact reason why they're busy in the first place. And yeah. so to Ugh. me, that's an important obstacle that people need to recognize yes. so that you can catch yourself before you go back the other way. Yeah. And so putting something in place like uh, whether it's the accountability partner telling them, hey, this has been a problem in the past. That I've screwed up a lot on. Oh, that's a good so thing, when you yeah. start to see this tail good. off, like hammer me mm -hmm. um, or as a reminder, something you just have to recognize that's a big problem for a lot of people. It is a big problem. Um, gosh, there was something that entered my mind that I was going to say, and I can't remember. Okay, um, I think the last two are really pretty. I mean, I think we've kind of talked Let's about. Let's pause them. for a second. We're at an hour and fifteen, right? Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we make six and seven one more podcast and okay. just do it right now? Because we natural stop. Let's pick up six and seven. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Because we're going to do one anyways. We've only got 45 minutes left. Let's just finish it up. Yeah. What do you think? So we have making it happen and review. I don't know. I think that the, the, this, is the, this is the uh, execution piece. Okay. You can have one long episode or you can have this long one. I think we we do a. I think we do. A yeah, let's, more episode. let's stretch it out. Yeah, stretch it out to an, a third episode. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah. I'll, so we need to finish. Yeah. So what we'll do is I'll just close it out and say, "Man, time's getting away from us. Why don't we stop here, give some homework, and then yeah, I got it." So when I keep when we keep diving into this, you know, what's really super interesting to me is that, 
you know, we got through the planning phase, like we said, uh, you know, the vision creation planning phase and the organization side of it. Uh, I was planning on stopping there with a with you know episode two being done. Yeah, I actually think the more we talk through this, that it's actually worth uh, doing one more episode to yeah. you know focus on the execution part. You know, that yeah. that vision without a plan is as worthless with, as a plan without execution. Yeah. So we've got the vision planned on. I, I think we should just go ahead and do one more uh, episode about the execution phase. So. Why don't we wrap up episode, uh, this second episode and we'll do a se- uh, episode 2B uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, to finish it up. But I want to give some homework around this as well because I think it's really important. And that would be very simply uh, to look at your calendar if you have one. Hopefully you have one. So uh, step one, get uh, a calendar. Yeah, yeah, get a calendar, look at your calendar. Uh, I love what you said, Bryn, when you said uh, if you read your, if somebody randomly read your calendar, what would it tell you about you? Yeah. Um, and if you don't like what you see, we got to change it. So mm-hmm. then remember what I said, which is a prior uh, 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 calendar is a reflection of your priorities. Totally. So let's at least, if you do have a calendar, readjust when you get yours done and get yours done first. Uh, I'd love for everyone that's listening to do a little bit of decluttering. You know where you suck in this area. So yes. let's go ahead and fix those areas. Um, it's uh, I'll give you an example uh, another, there. Another uh, here blah, 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 somewhere. Oh my gosh, I can't even say. It's all right. Let me finish. As far as bartering or calling in people to help. Um, I literally called one of my friends that is incredibly OCD and really organized and said, come on over girlfriend. Um, I'll bring the champagne and some snacks. Let's get this closet organized. And she totally helped me color coordinate and get rid of stuff and declutter and had a field day with it. That's awesome. So call in reinforcements if you need it. Yep. So, you know, you want to go back through that and get the calendar done, get your organization done, get, get your workspace decluttered, uh, do whatever it takes to set yourself up for success. Yes. And then uh, we'll see you next time on Sigmund Sense and we'll finish this kind of thought process yeah. with two additional steps uh, for the actual implementation and the execution of your plan. If you're enjoying this so far, please like and subscribe, share with your friends. Yes. Uh, we hopefully will be around a year from now to keep on doing this for you all. Let's but, uh, do, let's do. We'll see you next time on Sigmund Sense. Bye. Thank you.